Everybody's Smokehouse and recorded at the Back Row Studio.
All right. That was Eyes to the Sky by Walter DeBar. I am the Dirt Poor Troubadour, Ben Davis Jr. And I am Seth Colmer. Okay. I, I don't have a. <laughs> I don't have a. A, a, a nickname this week. You could be Sleepy Seth. Yeah, I was, I was sleepy. It happens. Today was a good napping day. Yeah, yeah. I had I did everything I really needed to do and uh, went to sleep. We're uh, in the times of sweeping mask mandates. Uh, yeah. That's, that's where we are in this pandemic uh, as a country or state or whatever you want to say. And... Uh, yeah, that's been going on. Lots and lots and lots and lots of mask stuff. People on either side throwing fits. And uh, I just saw Athens uh, hit 200 cases today. That's, wow. Yeah. Little old Athens, Ohio. Pretty wild. Yeah. And, uh, I commute there every day for work. So I'm like, oh, okay. Well, this is frightening. It's definitely something. Um what, what have you been doing to uh, kill your time over the last week? Uh, try, just hanging out with friends, really. Hanging out with a lot of friends. Um, you know, we have friends that have uh, been doing stuff, releasing stuff. Uh, Aaron McCorder released a new single on Facebook. Absolutely, yeah. He's uh, been writing a lot. Really, super talented. It's it's crazy. Like, just became friends with him not too long ago. And it was like, yeah, I play piano. I was like, oh, really? Like, show me, like, show me one time. And he brought over this giant, eighty-eight key keyboard, and I was like, oh, wow! Like, you, you, yeah, this isn't a, you know, a pack around kind of thing. And he just sat there and started playing, and my jaw hit the floor. Yeah, he's he's got a really really interesting trained ear. Like he, you can play him a little bit of somebody picking around on a piano, and he can do the same thing. You know, pretty much within an hour, it's pretty impressive. I, yeah, I'm really glad that you've introduced me to him. He's a wonderful uh, friend and a very talented individual from our hometown. So. Oh yeah, yeah. I've been hanging out with uh, my friend Joey Crabtree a lot, um, and he's constantly releasing new material under uh several different names oh yeah uh self-produced yeah self-recorded um self-sustaining oh yeah yeah he's uh you know he's got joseph and his ghost nobody cares in the whoever's whoever's yeah Yeah. and uh fur for a murmur shit teeth (laughs) like he's got so many things that he does most of his stuff you can find on Bandcamp. Yeah. Uh, he does it all for free. He he wants people to listen to it, and uh, if you send him a few bucks, he really appreciates it. But definitely check him out. He's another local talent that people should know, and eventually we'll have him here on this podcast. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, I've been killing time just rewatching old TV series. Uh, I guess not really old, but been watching a lot of Brooklyn Nine Nine. I love that show. Oh it, nice. Yeah, and uh, I just finished Family Guy again. I I have done that a few times. I, I tend to rewatch the same things over and over and over again. But Have you watched The Office yet? Uh, like 18 times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, literally. I mean, I, I actually, uh, at the start of the pandemic, bought it on DVD, hoping that it would get me through, but it didn't make it very long. Yeah, yeah. I've been watching the Trailer Park Boys again <laughs> a lot. You know, I loved that show so much whenever I first found it back in, like, 2000, 
2009 or 2010 or something like that. I had watched it all the time. I was just hanging out with a friend on Sunday, and he just kept quoting it and stuff. And I'll, it just reminded me of it. I was like, man, let's watch let's watch some Trailer Park Boys. And I know it's hard to pick, but who's your favorite character on Trailer Park Boys? Oh, it's not a hard pick. It, it's not a hard pick. Jim okay. Leahy. Okay. Jim Leahy's pretty amazing. Jim Leahy makes that show. Like, when it first, like, I love Ricky because, I mean, everything he says is hilarious. But uh, Jim Leahy, man, he, he kills it. I can't remember the episode or if it's one of the movies where Randy and Jim had a falling out and then uh, Jim, so he was killing Blue Jays to make burgers out of them for Randy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Greasy Blue Jay burgers. Greasy Blue Jay burgers, yeah. Yeah. It's, that's just a wonderful show. Oh, it really yeah. is. Yeah. It's just, And it's crazy that he, as an actor, does not drink. Well, he doesn't anymore. But before he died, he didn't drink or anything like that and he can play the best drunk and it's not it's just amazing him acting drunk it's like his his face how he like how he looks like a drunk person he does absolutely and and that's the thing is that you can identify a lot of the folks that you know as alcoholics in your real life as jim leahy you could see those characteristics in there which is makes it real uh he he definitely is a very very gifted actor and and he kind of did that to show the dangers of alcoholism he took that role and and oh, yeah. to kind of uh steer people away from living that life which is pretty awesome too. He he did a really good representation of what you don't want to be. So, <laughs> well, speaking of uh, drinking some booze, I went over to Rowdy's the other night and oh, yeah. had some Coors Banquet beer. You know, they're the the Southern Ohio home of Coors Banquet beer, and I always just enjoy a nice several cold cans or draft depending on what they got in stock at the time and and a big plate of barbecue i had one of their uh what they call black and blue burger which Ooh. is a burger topped with brisket and blue cheese oh yeah oh so good yeah man the blue cheese you just it's so good it is it's so good well i'm gonna go ahead and play this little jingle Take me to Rowdy's Smokehouse, gotta have that barbecue. Gonna get me a big old tater and a cold fire ribeye too. The hickory chicken dinner's sure to be a winner if you wanna feed your family too. Take me to Rowdy's Smokehouse, gotta have that barbecue. Just wanna say we love Rowdy's. Oh yeah. Really appreciate all of the the help that they give us here at the podcast and uh, for us local musicians and we couldn't ask for a better sponsor yeah that they're great and i uh, really certainly appreciate them absolutely uh at the start of the show uh we heard eyes to the sky by walter debar and we'll tell you a little bit about him he's a black man raised in a predominantly white rural appalachia walter debar is not a man who has ever played by the rules but when he plays everyone listening wants to join him his music colored by early punk influences and his grandmother's gospel music and washed in years of whiskey cigarettes and rough living carries listeners along on his journey to redemption and love he's uh really taking the charleston West Virginia scene by storm. I remember we went to play as the Revelry at the Empty Glass and playing with a couple other acts, Bad Keys of the Mountain, I believe Peddler's Glory was involved, and Walter DeBar. And uh, we got there, and Walter acted like he and I had known each other for a million years. Oh, I that's just, the best kind of people. Yeah, just all of a sudden we were talking, and I don't even know if we were introduced. 
we, we were just talking and having great conversations. And uh, then he took the stage and I was really in awe. I mean, it, it was very, very impressive. You know, he's spent life struggling with addiction, uh, did some time in prison and has decided to take life by the horns and kind of steer the ship for a while rather than let the system tear him down. He's, he's definitely chipping away little by little and, and making progress and, and I could not be prouder to know him. Yeah, you know, like I'm glad to to hear that he's standing up for himself and getting everything back in track and making beautiful music. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, his latest single, Eyes to the Sky, is available on Spotify, iTunes, all of the platforms that you like to listen to your music on. And he also uh, has some other music released out there for you to check out, Quicksand for sure, and a whole other EP. So we're going to get him on the phone here in just a moment, and we will be right back. <laughs> We are on the line with Walter DeBar and Pamela Kiesling. They are a dynamic musical duo from the Charleston area. How are you guys doing? Great release to the single, and we've just been sort of we're living, man. We've been buying some new some new uh, equipment to play with. Yeah, it's no great. I like to hear that. That's awesome. What uh? What have you guys been working on uh, through the the pandemic? Man, we've been working a lot with the band. We've been doing, been doing a little bit with uh, the little blue hearts with the duet, which is uh, Pamela and myself. The Ryan, we have written um, uh, in abundance. I mean, it seems like it's been so long. It's just been a few months since, but since the pandemic, we started a music festival. Yeah, we did the. Uh, we started. We founded the Appalachian Folk Festival. Oh. That went really well. We 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 could have kept that going, man. We had a lot of cool artists, and you know there were a lot of artists that we wanted to get in there, but time and uh, energy and patience. <laughs> oh yeah, anytime you're organizing any event like that, it, it's very very taxing it, at any scale. Yeah. Yeah, it truly. I mean, it truly is. We hosted three festivals. We had uh, the first festival. Who did we have headline? Um, how can I go back that many months? Okay. Um, was it was that Charles Godwin or was he the second one? Charles Godwin has uh, he headlined the second one, and then Sierra Farrell headlined the third. Okay. William Mathine. Oh yeah, William. Yeah, William Oh yeah. Headlined the first. William Mathine was a badass. He's he's great. We actually got to play with yeah. him in Athens uh, at Casa Nueva, which was really, really fun. I bet that um, was cool, man. Yeah. Absolutely. I was telling Kayla, I was like, you heard this? And uh, I don't think she's heard yet, man. So I'm getting ready to uh He's had to introduce me to so much music. <laughs> well, you definitely don't have to listen to me. You know, I... I it's really funny because I don't know who does and who doesn't. Uh, the other day... I was working at my buddy's record shop, Apollo Records. I try to fit at least one plug into every podcast. But uh, I was working there, and a lady was checking out, and they sell my record there at the store. And uh, I had my mask on and stuff, so she didn't recognize me. And she's like, oh, my God, they have Ben Davis Jr. here. And I was like, you like that crap? And I was like, I I can't believe you like that. And she was like, I love it. He's really good. I'm like, that's me. I'm sorry. And... uh, they ended up buying yeah, a record, so, so. <laughs> yeah, it's I fun. Say too, I mean, because he's obligated to, other than just that he has a much, much wider um, <laughs> knowledge of music than, than I do. Well, and we all need those people to broaden our spectrums. Oh yeah, friends are the uh, the best way to learn about new music. 
Yeah, absolutely, yeah. man. Absolutely. I had two wonderful friends when I was younger. I was about 17, and they introduced me to so much music. Man, I was on to the punk rock. Man, I was listening to, like, Circle Jerks, Dead Kennedys, and Breaking yeah. Things, playing cop cars, and sleeping <laughs> in a band <bandage. laughs> And then uh, they got me into the rock thing, and they got me listening to, like, Sparkle Horse and Nutri-Milk Hotel oh, yeah. and Caliphone. And, and, I, and I was, like, 17, and I fell in love with this genre of music, man. So since then, you know, I've just I've been my thing, man. That's awesome. Well... You definitely are writing some really, really wonderful songs, the two of you, and, and I'm really, really glad to call you an acquaintance, and I mean, I, I've only had the pleasure of watching your journey since we got to play The Empty Glass together that time, and uh, yeah. but since then, it seems like, you know, you've you've been uh, rocketing up, man, you're, you're climbing, and that's great. Really, yeah, I don't know, man, it's really happening, it's, uh, it's getting pretty crazy, we have, we have Red Barn coming up, and, and of course, we just released Eyes to the Sky, and it did, uh, it did really, really well, we recorded that at Blue Lava with Max Ross, which is actually in, um, Chesapeake, Ohio. Ohio, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, he's a great, he's a really good friend of ours, and, uh, Eyes to the Sky is sort of I wrote it sitting in a bedroom, and we were rehearsing, and I was like, guys, you should check this out. He and started I, playing it, and the rest of the band, probably the second time through, we had it. Oh, yeah. yeah. The second yeah. time through, it was finished. Yeah, it was done. The lyrics were done. The, the, uh, I mean, it was just the band did their thing. It really built. Like, yeah, the flow was unstoppable. We loved it. That's awesome. Those are the good ones. I will say that, I mean, my favorite part is going to be the lyrics as a songwriter, but who the hell played bass, man? That was great. Um, that's my dude, J.D. Thomas. He actually lives in Ironton, Ohio. Hey. Okay. Ohio's got yeah, the bassist, man. With, he played with uh, Charlie Wood, and he played, he's been playing with uh, Josh Brown lately. He's played with a lot of different bands. I know, isn't that, is he not incredible when that song? Oh, it's great, and the way that it's mixed in, I mean, honestly, it, it would sound good if you had a box in the back of your car blaring the bass uh you know it, it <laughs> you could just hear the bass line and, and be satisfied i think but honestly it's such a, a beautiful composition thank you man i'm definitely gonna let him know that we'll slow his head up oh so so good uh as a whole i mean it's like i said it's just a wonderful composition and uh seth and i actually listened to it a couple times last night blaring over his system in his house and i just i really enjoy it Oh yeah, yeah. It was, oh, that's awesome, man. That just made our. Yeah, that's so cool. <laughs> it was my first time actually hearing it last night, and um, and I was just like, "Hey, man, let's listen to that." You know, we're going to be talking to him tomorrow, so I don't want to. Right. You know, I, I like to do the reaction thing sometimes, listening to a song first time right before I talk to him. But I was like, you know, I really, I'm antsy. I want to hear it now. So we listened to it, and it was just like, oh yes. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, but this is really, I don't know, man. There's just something about it. Like, it's been titled the anthem of 2020 in the blues rock scene, and that oh, was yeah. in Minnesota. I mean, wow. several people here. Yeah, I've saw, you, you've received quite a bit of great press on it. I mean, and that's, that's the thing is it's definitely a song for the times. Um, I wanted to talk to you yeah. about that uh, actually a little bit because – I mean, obviously, we're all fighting this global pandemic, and I can't help to correlate the song to, to that situation, but what did it really mean to you? Where did it come from? Man, I think uh, I've been writing this song for a long time, really, because it's uh, my, mom, my mother passed about 13, 14 years ago, 
and uh, I ended up in prison and getting in a lot of trouble, man, and just dealing with a lot of, just dealing with a lot. And I don't know, it's been something that's weighed on my mind. Like, how can I get the world, how can I tell the world to, uh, to think about, you know, their perspective on things? And I decided to take an approach of uh, talking about addiction and about some of the things I've been through. And then about, you know, dealing with racism and yeah the whole race ordeal. And just the way I grew up, man, because I grew up black in, an, in a predominantly white family having the last name Coon. Yeah. <laughs> so it was turbo rough, man. And I grew up in a small town where I was like one of the two biracial African-American kids. And so I got beat up a lot, man, you know. And so I think this song comes from some place. You know, I think the COVID-19 and this whole uh, dilemma that we're dealing with right now really pushed me to write to write this song. See, that's a lot. That's, that's really where it, where it comes from, man. It's well, it's, it's definitely, in my mind, a, a good shot in the arm. Uh, it's like you said, for perspective for for the average citizen, uh, no matter what you're looking at, mm-hmm. you know, you somebody you might think that you've got uh, an iceberg in your mouth, but you've got the fancy Pepsi ice that you know they have at the fairs and stuff, you know, and, and compared yeah, to somebody definitely. else's problem, it it's very 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 apparent that you've persevered through you know some some hard times and you've worked hard to get where you're at right now. Um, I mean, I I would attribute attribute your success to your honesty, uh, and your of course your talent. But what what do you think is working for you? Um, what why do you think you are finding this this gust of wind that is propelling you? Because man, Pamela and I we we focus throughout the day on finding ways to be better people, man. And to tell you the truth, I wasn't the best person, you know, this time five, six years ago, I was, uh, I was really lost. And, uh, honestly, man, I think it's because it's perseverance and, uh, I mean, integrity is doing, you know, the best we can when no one's looking that is really starting to pay off for us. Yeah. I think, really, man, we're just trying to, we're just trying to be good people. We're trying to help other, we're trying to help anyone any way we can. And, and honestly, man, it's just it's paying off. Yeah, you put good in, you get good out. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, man. That's absolutely. basically how I've tried to live my life. You know, I, I've I've definitely dished out some negativity, and I received negativity tenfold, you know, and I learned my lesson and, and move on. And honestly, that's what it takes is a lot, of, a lot of folks have that trouble. And again, I mean, this all goes back to the single eyes to the sky. I mean, it's it's a fantastic song with a very uplifting positive message and i uh, i just i i can't help but stress that uh, you know i i really appreciate what you're doing that means the world to us you guys are awesome yeah we we really appreciate you guys for sure and and that's the other thing you say you're you're you like helping folks out this is a big help for us being on the oh, show yeah. we really appreciate that i mean you guys are so the first time i met i was I mean, like you said, we played Empty Glass, and then we sat outside, and I talked to him, and uh, I believe it's your drummer's in, I think. Probably. And, uh, I was just like, these are these are my people. Like, <laughs> you guys are such good dudes. You put me in such a good mood, and I carried that with me for a while, man. So when you hit, when you got a hold of me, I was like, absolutely. Well, <laughs> I, I made a list driving home from Alabama, uh, 
just, I think it was the end of May, and uh, I made a list of folks that if I was going to do a podcast who I'd like to talk to, and you were, you know, in the top ten easily, I, I just, <laughs> I, because, well, I mean, you're really inspiring, and, and I feel like uh, you've come to, I don't know, you're, you're a very, it's a valued happenstance in my life to have crossed paths with you, um, it could, because you've also inspired me and you know given me new perspective on my life and i don't know because it, all of us go through hard stuff but i mean with, with what you've gone through and, and just the amount of work you've put in just since i've known you and the success that you found has been inspiring to me and uh, my cohorts you know uh, all the folks that have witnessed it along with me you know we, we all believe in you and and it helps us believe in us. Oh man, that means so much. To me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that I felt about Walter um, from early on is is in this this time when we're so used to seeing these like uh, perfect, polished, photoshopped. You know, everything is is um, these manufactured images and and the music and everything. Um, you know, there's so much that that uh, we have so many ways to perfect. And um, and polish off the rough edges. That, that Walter doesn't do that. He um, he doesn't ever hide who he is or who he's been. And um, and he just is is really authentic in a time when I think people are craving authenticity. I think so too. Um, yeah, overproduction. There, you can tell there's not any overproduction on that at all. No, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, <laughs> it's good stuff. I mean. It, that's what I really like about you too. Is you're very authentic, and your songwriting has has been from everything that I've heard. Um, why don't you tell us how you guys formed your partnership and uh, what it's meant to to have each other? Oh man, that's a good. So I'll tell you what happened. <laughs> so she sent me ESP. <laughs> I found I found one of his videos um, on YouTube about. I don't know, not quite, about a year and a half ago, and sent it to a friend, and then... She did not message me whatsoever. She didn't. <laughs> yeah, no, I just... I mean, here's a little guy that sounds... that um, has a really great voice. Uh, you know, I think he, he could really go somewhere. And then 30 minutes later, out of the blue, he, he sent me a message on a Facebook Messenger. <laughs> wow. And that normally I'm probably um, ignoring. You have no idea. But I, I thought, mean, well, I just heard this guy's music. Like, uh, it must be the universe saying something. I guess I've got to respond. It was so crazy because she must have shared it from another page because I didn't get any... Uh... No, I shared it from, from YouTube. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I wouldn't have got an extra page anyway, so... Yeah. It was yeah, it was real crazy and uh so told me to message her, I seen a picture of her photo come across, you know, the friends uh you may know you just may know and I was like, Ah That's And then awesome. we met at uh Tandy Books at a local uh independent coffee shop and um seriously we've really been inseparable yeah. since then. From the beginning I started off and you talk about our partnership. I started off telling him, uh, I was like, you know, you, you really have a talent and I do marketing for a living. And so I, I said, let me help you promote for yourself. A huge, my, for a huge law firm, mind <laughs> you. Oh, yeah, done yeah. this for like nine years, you know, she's done marketing and communication. Yeah, so I said, well, let me help you with your marketing. And, and I did that, you know, I, 
build his website and um, helped him build out some of his social media and uh, connected him with a photographer and videographer. And yeah, she's fair. I mean, started. anything you see Mark And that was probably the first, almost the first year of our relationship. And, and it wasn't until he started recording his single, I mean, his um, EP in the fall. And I heard him singing in the shower one day, and I was like, God, I need a, a female vocalist in this <laughs> record. And I hear her singing on the, in the shower, and I was like, what? <laughs> you really think? Like, so uh, a few days later, she's in the studio uh, recording the fall we break. You wow. Know? So, it's just been it's been crazy, man, because I was doing really bad there for there for a while, man, for a few months. Like we had gotten together and then uh I started I started uh I relapsed. And so like I distanced myself from her and you know you know, she uh she's seen me through with withdrawal, through the addiction, she's seen me through um through getting it together as far as like getting my kids back and getting clean and uh it's just crazy. I remember she used to just lay down beside me and like rub, rub my back and uh, like come in my ears, sort of like my mother <laughs> used to do wow. whenever I was sick. But I mean, yeah, it was just, it's a really powerful story. It really it is. It's really bad for her. Yeah. So, it, and then we just decided, um, was it February? We kind of decided this year that we decided mm. to sing together. Yeah, the a little blue heart. Yeah. Um, right, yeah, I think it was right before, not long before the pandemic. We uh-huh. did a couple, a few shows with the Little Blue Hearts. We played a few neat, neat yeah. shows. Yeah. And then the lockdown happened. Yeah. He still writes um, 95% of music. And- <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's good no matter what, having uh, somebody else's perspective to include in your song and... and- um, it, it's it's just good to have an outside influence in general, honestly. And honestly, that that extra five percent um, could mean the world to all that music. Absolutely. That's so true. <laughs> well, uh, Pamela, have you have you been involved in the music scene prior to this, or is this your your coming out of sorts? <laughs> mm. uh, not. I mean. I was not really in the music scene per se. I mean, when I was growing up, I sang in choir and, and I sang in the choir in college. And then um, after that, I didn't really do anything with music. Um, I was worried about getting a job and then uh, going to grad school and, and I had a kid and doing all those other things that um, that you do when you're trying to figure out how to be an adult. And then, um, uh, but it was always something, you know, that I like to do and, and I noticed that, you know, when I'm happy is when I'm singing, or when I'm singing is when I'm happy. And when well, she's right, dot <laughs> com for some incredible Appalachian poems. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I started writing a few years ago, and um, I've kind of let that slide since we started focusing on music. But, um, but I never, I never thought that I was going to be singing um, on stage. <laughs> Um, I did like one one choir solo in college and was like terrified, and then you know I never saw myself doing that. Um, but somehow he's ma- he makes it so natural and so easy. Like I don't, I hardly get nervous at all, and it just 
I just get up and I'm Sounds so good. I'm just singing with him and whether there are other people there or not. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't really matter, I guess. Just, <laughs> I don't know. He's 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 got me to do things that I never ever thought that I would have done in my life. Well, it definitely sounds like it was a, a fateful introduction. You know, it's it's great great to have you guys together. Honestly. As Weezer would put, it was a perfect situation. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, tell me a little bit about Red Barn. You said that's coming up. Uh, what what can we do to yeah, participate? Man, July twenty second, the whole band will be playing Red Barn. It's uh honestly. Invite your friends, go to the, uh, the event page, click community and invite the people that you know are interested in music. We have some new songs coming out that we're gonna, uh, that we're gonna be unveiling. Ooh. Yeah, that'll be. And it's, uh, they're live streaming them right now. There's no live audience. Right. Right. Naturally. Yeah. Um, it'll be live streamed on the Red Barn page on Facebook. Yeah. And then, we're doing oh, they're doing it on YouTube. I think on their YouTube channel. Yeah, that's awesome. So July 22nd, you said. Yeah, July 22nd. Yeah. And, and then actually, uh, the 25th, we will be playing through Lava Audio. Will be a live live stream with the entire band as well. That is where we recorded uh, Eyes to the Sky. Okay. Um, have you have you guys had a lot of success with the live streaming thing? Have you uh, been able to supplement your income? At any any rate, I mean, well, we did have well, we had the festival. We helped out some uh, really wonderful organizations through that, through the festival. And I mean, you know, we've done some live streams. We've made a little bit of money. Nothing that would supplement, you know, the income yeah. and or what we would be making if we were out playing live shows. You know, but you know, every little bit helps. And we have so much support from so many people. That it's just—it's seriously unbelievable to think I was where I was five or six years ago to where I am now. You know, getting the kids, people support us, and just believing in us, man. And it's just been a beautiful thing. We literally were just talking last night about how, you know, how much you change in five years. Like, even if you like, it seems like everything has stayed the same. Just to actually look back at how you thought five years ago, even like it's like, wow, I'm totally different. Oh my God! Yeah, I was an entire different person. Yeah, I, mean, I would have bought that kid. Well, what what have things been like in Charleston over the last few months? Man, quiet. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I was working um, from home for oh, two months, something like that. And uh, I'm going back in the office now. Um, they've figured out, I guess, set up different protocols. Essentially, I'm going back in the office and locking myself in my <laughs> office. And it's not really any different from being home except for... Um, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, and, uh, I just don't, don't go anywhere. I sit at my desk all day. and I, Once in a while, I get up to go to the printer. <laughs> But uh, you need to make a printer I mean, that comes work. to you. I'm, I'm not going around and 
our, all our meetings are still by phone or, or video conference. Yeah. She hosts a lot of conferences and a lot of uh, Zoom calls that they have they host meetings. Well, I'm, yeah, I mean, that's, that's been different this year, though, with all the, the events, the live events. Yeah, I mean, because usually Charleston, as you know, is a, is a booming little spot for, it the, is. for the music scene. I mean, there are a handful of uh, venues here that just put on some really, really good shows. And um, so all of that has been non-existent, you know. So the music scene's really been via live stream here for us. You know, I know some other cities are opening up a little sooner, but we're a little hesitant right now, man. We're going to try and refrain from, from playing out to actually... I'm not sure we have any shows playing out. Soon, you know, no. And here in town, I think the only things I've heard of have been like outdoor, like a drive-in. Yeah. 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 That's really, you were going to do that deal. I hope that we'll through all, that. all the pandemic and everything, it, we could start getting back to like uh, backyard house shows and stuff like that, where it's more personalized yeah, we actually did play. We play uh, a couple of house shows, one of which is in Pittsburgh. We've played that twice. I think we maybe go back sometime in the near future as well. Did we do anything else? I know we did the house shows. I really that, don't might think... be, that might be it. We really have. Yeah, we really have not been playing out, man. Yeah. We, we've focused a lot more on the recording and the writing new music. Mm-hmm. And we had the festival. Um, which we played yeah. the first one. At, yeah. It was a live stream all day, like uh, about 11 artists. Yeah, we started um, at about 11 or noon, and it went to about 10 or 11. Each uh, artist played an hour set, well, 45 minutes set, and then we left time for, uh, you know, any advertising or anything that we thought people should be see or see. Yeah, so we played the first one, and then we just didn't um, – we didn't think that we should keep playing our own festival. <laughs> yeah, as much as we wanted. So really, for the big chunk of the um, of the pandemic, the isolation period, we we were really focusing on promoting other artists more than uh, ourselves. That's great. Uh, yeah, that's we've awesome. Been but, um, yeah, that's one thing we're super super big on is uh, trying to promote. You know, all these independent artists that are just phenomenal. They just need a little nudge, or you know, the right person that you hear maybe. And plus, it makes them, it makes, it makes us feel good to see everyone else having so much fun. With it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's really what we're doing with this right here. We're trying to, you know, get people who may not have had an opportunity to hear uh, you guys just because of, you know, there's so much. Yeah, there's so much stuff out there, and you know, you never know when yeah. you're going to pass by it. Yeah. Yeah, this is super cool, man. We appreciate you guys so much. Any opportunity like this, we try to take, you know, because hopefully, you know, hopefully we can get some got some people on your guys, some more people on your guys' page, and I mean, and vice versa. Yeah, I know. You guys, I, I know people waiting on this, like wanting to hear this a lot. And I've had a couple friends message me about the other episode about like, wow, I never heard of this band before. Like, you've introduced me to one of my, you know, new favorites. And I'm like, we'll just get ready for next week. Get ready for next week. Right. Yeah, we're about to about to reveal Walter and Pamela to the world. Yeah. <laughs> Worldwide. I don't know if you know it, but Howard Stern listens to us every morning, bud. 
I, I have a real serious question about Charleston to ask. Uh, so prepare yourselves. Okay. okay. Does anybody call it Chaz Town or did I make that up? You made Chaz Town? Chaz Town. No, Chaz Town, I've heard. Um, but I don't know if I've ever heard Chaz. See, Pamela's from here. I'm not. I've only <laughs> been here about two years. Maybe. Okay. Take a so she would know. Ch- Chuck Town, Chuck Town is a preconceived Chuck. thing, but Chaz Town it could be my one hundred percent own thing. TM. When we we're abbreviating it, it's C H A S. So maybe that's where. Uh, <laughs> oh, Chaz. Well, yes. I'm throwing a Z in there. You know, <laughs> because what was it? Uh, Chucky Finster's dad oh, yeah, was Chaz. Chaz Finster, yeah. Yeah, and that's where it come from for me. It went from Charles to Chuck to Chaz, and uh, <laughs> as it should. I just I love Charleston so much that I wanted to give it a cute little pet name. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, and it's very rude to me that I'm just not get to you know, what everybody's uh, saying. <laughs> well, they're going to be screaming Chaz Town. Will you wear I Heart Chaz Town shirts? <laughs> well, uh, we're, we're we're running out of time, but I want to give you this opportunity to talk about or say anything that you want to your fans or our listeners or whatever. If there's something you want to push, if there's just something you want to say to them, this is your time. Ooh, you guys follow us at Walter DeBar Music. That's on Facebook and also on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, WalterDeBarMusic.com is our website. We have the store there where you can buy. We, we, we'll be having shirts coming soon. Mm-hmm. And also, you guys just be yourselves and spread love. And quit being idiots, man. Wear a mask <laughs> because it's not just for you, man. <laughs> it's not just for you. It's for everyone around you. We're trying to keep people alive these days. So. Yeah, we want to get back to the music. Yeah, let us get back to the music, man. Pretty please. We love you guys. We hope you guys keep your eyes to the sky. Hope you guys check out the music. Hope you guys check out the podcast. Hopefully we'll have some more uh, more music coming later this year. And new tunes July 22nd on Red Barn Radio. Absolutely. Hope you guys check it out. It's with the full band. It's going to be a big deal. Awesome. I'm really excited to check that out. I, I honestly can't wait. That's just... Well, uh, what what's what is next Wednesday? Is that also July twenty second? Yeah, yeah. Well, this show will be airing. So today, when you hear this, make sure you check out Red Barn Radio. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Didn't think about that. All the blue and the little blue heart. Absolutely. Well, guys, thank you so much. We love you. Yeah, uh, it was a pleasure uh, getting to talk to you today. It, it it really was. Yeah, man, this is really cool. We really appreciate you guys. Absolutely. Let yeah. us know when you're going to release something else, and we'll have you back on to talk about that. Sweet, for sure. All right, guys. Well, you take care, and hopefully we'll see you real soon on the other side of this. I hope so, man. We love you guys. Thank you guys Thank so much. Love you, too. <laughs> Can we sing the Rowdies theme again? <laughs> <laughs> All right, that was Walter DeBar and Pamela Kiesling. What a cool dude. Oh, what a cool dude. He's a cool dude, and she's a cool dudette. Yeah, yeah. Do people still say dudette? Uh, did they you ever? Know what? I know they did. Okay. Dudes and dudettes. I think the Ninja Turtles may have uh, said some dudettes or... Um, 
you know, one of those 90s cartoons probably had the dudettes. I wonder how many times we're going to reference the Ninja Turtles on this podcast, because this is two out of three. Well, you know, why not? Uh, Every week. Hopefully we can get them to call in once a week. Would be yeah, great. get, uh, you know, all... <laughs> I want to I talk to Master Splinter, myself. That would be great. You know. I'm, I'm a uh, Raphael guy. Um, I I'm Michelangelo all the way. I'm I'm the funny dude. I'm the party dude. There's not a pizza in the world that looks as good as Ninja Turtles pizza. I have to I have to say I I there is one. Yeah. Yeah. There's one, and it is in a Goofy movie. Okay. The the cheese that they're eating at so that stretchy. hotel. Oh my lord! I I just wish I was there. With old Peach yep. and Max <laughs> eating eating pizza, and that's when that's when Goofy finds out that uh, Max changed the map, mm-hmm. and uh, Pete told on him, and uh, they got into all kinds of mayhem and mischief after it that. It just broke his heart. I felt so bad for Goofy. Yeah, I love Goofy. He's such a he's one of my favorite characters. Um. I'm going to be completely honest. My favorite thing Disney ever did was all of the goofy how-to videos oh, that yeah. they used to play at like 2 in the morning when we were mm-hmm. kids. Those are the best, like how to ski and how to play football. and Lifting I, weights. And I stuff. want them. I, I, it's hard to find them. I want them so bad. So if anybody knows how to get those, please send me an email or a message. There has to be on Disney Plus some sort of collection of those. I have searched and scoured, and I cannot find one. Well, I hope Disney Plus listens to this. Yeah. And says, oh my gosh, we need to put the Goofy collections up. That would be fantastic because, honestly, on, on a sick day, there's nothing better than just watching those old Goofy shows. See, my sick day thing was always, you know, I know a lot of people are this, Price is Right. Yeah. You, know, you stayed home from school, you, you, Price is Right was on. So it's like, you just sat there and watched that. That or Full House. Full House was always on. That's true. I, I watched a lot of Full House when I was a kid, and I I really enjoyed it. Uh, I watched a whole lot more Family Matters, and I haven't oh. seen that in probably a good 15, 20 years, but I love that show. Oh, it's so good. Good so old good. Steve Urkel. Carl Winslow. Well, I, I really don't know what else to talk about. We're, we're always looking for new suggestions, and if like we said last time, if you want to be featured on this podcast, just drop a link in an email to dirtpoorpodcast at gmail.com. We will be more than happy to get you in here, either an interview or feature a track at the close of the show. And also, I mean, if if you need to, uh, reach out on Facebook to uh, me or Ben, or uh, I'm sure he has uh, Twitter and Instagram. Twitter, yep. Um, but I, I, on Facebook, I'm Vigo Watson, so... Yep. If you're looking for Seth Colmer, you're not going to find him. You're going to have to find old Vigo. And I was going to, uh, I was going to on this podcast be like, you know, there's this thing going on where like people keep asking me if I'm this Vigo Watson guy, <laughs> and I'm not. Like, I was like that's not me. <laughs> but I just ruined that whole whole thing. Vigo Watson is your Tony Clifton. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sound check. <laughs> well, all that said, we're going to wrap this one. Really appreciate you guys spending another 45, 50 minutes with us and uh, listening to Walter DeBar and Pamela Kiesling. And uh, be sure to check them out July 22nd, the day that this airs. They will be on Red Barn Radio performing with the full band, Little Blue Hearts, playing some new tunes. Uh, For now, this is the Dirt Poor Troubadour, Ben Davis Jr. And Sleepy Seth Comer. And we're going to send you off with 
Take Your Time by Megan B. Also, go get some chicken from Rowdy's. Get some chicken. Cooking birds singing at the break of day. Hey, it feels like summer's gonna fly away. So we're slowing it down, camping on the old muskie. Take your time, take your time with me. The sun's so hot, but the water's cold. Take off your shoes, dip in your toes, ease on in. There's no need to hurry Take your time, take your time with me Over and down by the water Over underneath the sycamore tree Take your time with me We got a hammock hanging in the shade We got some ice and some lemonade We got each other We got no place else to be Take your time Take your time With me Over down By the water Over underneath the sycamore tree Take your time with me. 